Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Charlie Chuck Thompson. And unfortunately not with me today is the one who knows just about everything there is to know. That is Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston, typically on the show. And today he's not able to. He's uh, he's feeling a bit under the weather on this dreary, rainy day in Nashville. And so you just have me to deal with. It's going to be... I'm just going to do a little short episode for y'all for some things that I was thinking about over the weekend. And so you're welcome for that. Uh, first, a couple of housekeeping things. I want to let you guys know this contest is ongoing and it has been unbelievable. So those of you getting in on being one of the first of a hundred people to leave a rating and review are getting those five bonus entries. And that's for the $500 good morning Liberty stimulus stimulus package that you're going to receive um, uh, by a random drawing, it's a contest. So if you guys want to get in on that, uh, you can start by leaving us a rating review, rating and review on iTunes, and that'll get you five bonus entries. And then we're going to unlock the $500 stimulus contest, which will, uh, do a random drawing for, and I'll give you guys the details on how to sign up for that. Uh, you just go to goodmorningliberty.us slash stimulus. That's goodmorningliberty.us slash stimulus to sign up for that. And the thing is though, you're going to need a code word. Now that code word, I'm not going to give out yet. That's going to build up over this week. And once you have that code word, you can sign up and submit your entry. Those of you that sign up and also uh, left a rating and review on iTunes, you're going to get five bonus entries and we'll do that drawing live. So that's $500 and you get a uh, lifetime subscription to mastermytrades.com, the Liberty Trading Academy, uh, where we can teach you everything you need to know on how to get started trading, what the financial markets are like, uh, what is a candlestick, how to read charts, all that good stuff. So you get $500, a little starting money plus a free lifetime subscription, but that's up to you. So if you guys want to enter that, like I said, I'll be giving that code out this week. So you have to listen all this week, make sure you get that code and then sign up at goodmorningliberty.us slash stimulus. Now I wanted to read a few of the latest reviews because you guys are just so kind to us and um, mainly me because Nate's not here today. So mainly me. And I wanted to read some of those to you all. This one coming from libertarian Sparky. He says, I hate iTunes, but he says, Nate and Charlie are a credit to the libertarian movement. They deliver both fact and opinion in a concise way while keeping it funny. I went out of my way to download iTunes to go through the process of recovering my email and password just so I could make sure more people know how great this show is. That is absolutely fantastic. Another one is BFSFs forever because Nate, for some reason, if you've been a long time listener to this show, for the longest time, wouldn't admit that he was my best friend forever. He's also my business partner. He's a great dude. Uh, we've been literally best friends since like third grade. It's unbelievable. And uh, he wouldn't admit it that we were forever. So he would just, he would say that it was uh, potentially forever, but he, he didn't know. So, uh, but this review says, love the Liberty message from Charles and Nathaniel. Really good rapport between BFSFs. So, um, thank you guys for the reviews. Really appreciate that. If you are not a longtime listener of the show, this is the good morning Liberty podcast where we talk about life, Liberty and the pursuit of meaning and why that is so important. You know, I was having conversations this last weekend with my brother and, and we were having discussions regarding, you know, CDC mandates, government mandates and different things like that. And I was like, he was trying to tell me that my position was flawed and, and illogical. And of course he said I was using, you know, red herring and straw man arguments and things like that. 
And this is my brother. Uh, for those of you that are longtime listeners know that he considers himself a libertarian socialist because he loves government except for cops. And so he's very libertarian when it comes to <laughs> the police issues, but also he's a huge Bernie Sanders fan. And I'm like, you, how in the world can you say that I have no logic when you support a guy and have supported a guy for a long time who has three houses and he also uh, does everything he can and takes advantage of every single tax loophole possible to pay the least amount of taxes to get his wife amazing jobs and uses the power of his office to do all of that and make, and he makes the argument that the rich should be taxed and they should pay for everything while he's a rich guy avoiding everything else. Like all the other rich guys do. So how does my, how do, how do our arguments fall apart? And that argument can stand. It's very interesting. So at Good Morning Liberty, what we talk about is life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. And what we talk about are issues, not from a left perspective or a right perspective, but we talk about issues as they are, because every issue has to be approached individually, because we are all individual sovereign people. And what we believe in life, liberty, and, and the pursuit of meaning is that those are the most important things that we have. We are against death. At this show, we've said it so many times. We're absolutely against death, which is why we're for life. Um, we're for liberty because to live the best life possible, you need to be as free as you possibly can be. Ultimate freedom possible. And then pursuit of meaning because, sorry, Thomas Jefferson, we don't think happiness is the greatest goal because in life, strat uh, tragedy is going to strike. And in those moments, like when Nate's sick, you have to have a reason to get out of bed, a reason to keep doing the things that are important to you because meaning can transcend the times in your life when you are not going to be happy because there are going to be times where you're not going to be happy. So what gets you through those things? Well, that's a life, a free life that where you are able to pursue meaning and live the best life possible. And through adopting these principles that we talk about on the show, um, you're able to live the most successful life that you possibly can live. And that's all anyone can ask for. And in turn, you may, you end up making the world a better place because the world is full of, of, you know, plenty of bad things. And so if you can make an improvement in your own life and maybe your family's life, and if everyone did that, we can make the world a better place. And that's truly what we believe. So if you're a first time listener, thanks for being here, guys, hit that subscribe button. We know that 92% of you uh, do subscribe when you hear the show. So we appreciate that a lot. The rest of you need to hit that subscribe button. This show is free. Uh, so there's no reason not to hit the subscribe button. You know, we run this sip and scan code all the time and uh, it's on this ice cold Coca-Cola. It's just sip and scan. I don't, you don't really have to scan anything or sip anything. You just hit that subscribe button. And what that does is that helps us out the rating is in reviews helps us out. And like I said, this is a free show. So we really appreciate it. Um, I'm going to dive into a couple things. I'm sure you guys saw over the weekend that there was this horrific story of, of a 26 year old EMT. She was a black lady. She was at her own home with her boyfriend uh, and she was murdered by police. And so we're going to dive into that. Uh, but first I want to tell you guys about some economics. And so Nate and I are both from Illinois and it's a shame he has to miss this episode because, uh, Illinois is in trouble. It's in really big trouble. And what are they going to do about it? They are in so much debt. The, their credit rating is almost junk. Their bond rating is almost junk. Um, and they have pensions and salaries out, out the arse. All right. It's unbelievable. If you guys aren't working for the Illinois state government, you're doing something wrong or not even, I mean, the city governments, the, the all kinds of stuff there, everybody there is just rolling in it. You know, a lot of times I drive around and I see these giant houses in Nashville and you know, we don't do too shabby here, but you know, I was just curious. I was like, what in the world do these people do? Like, what do they do for all of, you know, for all of that house? you know, are they are just living on credit cards? Like what's going on? Well, in Illinois, you can tell who lives in the big houses. Well, they probably work for the government. So this is actually coming out of Forbes. And we've mentioned this before the data comes from open the which, because 
if you work, if you're a public servant and you work for the public, then your salary, all of that is public information because it has to come out of the budget. And so all of that is public information. And so there's a great resource called openthebooks.com where they give you all the data. You can look in your state, you can look in your city, you can look in your county, all the people close to you, those that work for the state, you can see the people making 200, 300, 400, $500,000 a year and just be disgusted with it. So this coming out of Forbes, Illinois could soon, uh, sorry, why, uh, out of Forbes, why is, why Illinois is in trouble? 109,881 public employees with a hundred thousand dollar plus paychecks that cost taxpayers $14 billion a year. So Illinois could soon be the first state in history to have its bonds rated as junk. Last month, both Moody's MCO and standard and Poor's downgraded Illinois debt to just one notch above junk status. Last week, the Illinois state Senate president, Don Harmon, a Democrat from Chicago, wrote a letter to Congress requesting a $41.6 billion bailout, and critics balked. In many ways, Illinois may have already crossed the Rubicon. Our analysis at OpenTheBooks.com shows that an Illinois family of four now owes more in unfunded pension liabilities, which is $76,000 per family. Then they earn in household income, $63,585 is the median income for a family of four. And they owe $76,000 in unfunded pension liabilities. These are promises. The pensions are promised payments. And the family of four can't even, they don't even make enough to pay it all. In a state of 13 million residents, every man, woman, and child owes $19,000 on an estimated $251 billion pension liability. It's absolutely insane. What are they going to do to make this money? Our auditors discovered 110,000 public employees and retirees who earned more than $100,000 last year. We found tree trimmers in Chicago <coughs> making $106,663. Nurses at state corrections earning up to $277,000. Junior college presidents making $491,000. University doctors earning up to $2 million and 111 small town managers who out earned every governor of the 50 states at $202,000 just for managing. Just wait till I get to these villages. I don't know if you guys uh, have these in your state, but in Illinois, they have uh, villages, especially in the really small towns. So uh, I grew up in a really small town called Vienna. It was actually a town, uh, but next to us was like the village of Cyprus, the village of Belknap. They had the, the, the village of, I believe Goreville was an actual town, but other towns around and small areas were called villages. Okay. Wait till I get to what people in these certain villages are making. You'll just be absolutely disgusted. Our interactive mapping tool allows users to quickly review the 110,000 public employees and retirees across Illinois, making more than $100,000 by zip code. Just click a pin and scroll down to see the results in your neighborhood rendered in the chart beneath the map. Auditing Illinois' large pay and pension systems. Here's a system-by-system -system breakdown with the head counts of employees and retirees who made more than $100,000 per year. Public schools. There are 35,000 employees of public schools that make more than a hundred thousand dollars a year last year, nearly 22,000 educators earned a six figure salary while more than 13,500 retirees received six figure pensions, six retired superintendents pocketed 300,000 plus $300,000 plus pensions, including, including Lawrence Wiley of Lincoln way. He earned $341,019 pension payments, by the way, <clears throat> not for doing any work. This is his retirement package. This guy's living off 350 grand a year for the rest of his life. Henry Bengzer, he worked at new tier, new Trier township, sorry, $331,500. Gary Cantalini, he worked at Wheaton Warrenville, $330,000. Laura Murray, $324,000. And Mary Curley, $315,000. In Chicago alone, one city, there are 22,000 employees that make over $100,000 a year. They calculate that the city paid out $521.2 million in extra pay. 
in extra pay, by the way. That's for overtime, vacation, supplemental, fitness, etc. That's above the base salaries. This one will make you just throw up in your mouth. Four deputy fire chiefs made between $315,000 and $351,000. Police officers made up to $272,000 and EMTs up to $270,000. <coughs> the Chicago Transit Authority paid line workers up to $300,000. Telephone line workers up to $282,000 and escalator mechanics up to $200,000. College and universities, 16,000 employees at colleges and universities make over $100,000. By the way, these are public. So Bradley Underwood, he made $2.9 million as the basketball coach at the University of Illinois. Junior college power couple, this is <laughs> the power couple, Dale Chapman and Linda Chapman. Dale made $491,000 and his wife made $242,000, a combined $733,000 income at Lewis and Clark Community College. Lewis and Clark Community College. Fady Tufik Charbel, $2 million. Mark Gonzalez, $1.1 million. And Konstantin Slavin, $1 million. They're million-dollar doctors at University of Illinois in Chicago. A UIC uh, pension paying out $524,000 goes to a retired doctor, Tapas Dasgupta. The state of Illinois, like I could keep going on and 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 on. And you'll be absolutely disgusted. I do need to get down. There is There are 15,000 uh, employees that work for the state that make over $100,000. Get this one. I do have to tell you about this one. There are five barbers. If you cut hair. You're cutting hair for the wrong people. You guys need to go work for corrections because there are five bar barbers at corrections that made over a thousand dollars while eight nurses. Look, my girlfriend is a nurse and I'm thinking she needs a different job. We, she needs to be go working. I would, she needs to travel to the state of Illinois and then come back and live in Tennessee. That would be just fine with me. Uh, eight nurses at the veterans Human services and corrections made between $200,000 and $277,000. What's even worse, eight troopers and police officers at the tollway authority, not even like the state police or like, you know, the, the IBI equivalent, you know, the international, or I'm sorry, the uh, Illinois Bureau of Investigation or anything like that. These police officers and troopers are of the tollway authority. They made between $200,000 and $277,000. Unbelievable. Now, this last one will make you sick. Cities and villages, $8,000. Small town managers rake in the pay, perks, and pension benefits. These administrators include Michael Ellis of the village of Grays Lake, $296,000. Richard Nostrat, Village of Northbrook, $290,000. Dane Bragg, Village of Buffalo Grove, $280,000. Patrick Nagel, Village of Rosemont, $279,000. And Michael Cassidy, Village of Mount Prospect, $278,000. And Reed Osison, Village of Palatine, $274,000. The Wheaton Park District conferred a $273,000 pension on retired administrator Elizabeth Kuska. Now, I don't have this in the article, but there was... Uh, one point where one police chief, his base salary was increased by $300,000 for one year, his very last year in service. They increased his base pay three over $300,000 a year, just so he could get a pension for over $300,000 for the rest of his life. And that's the way the pensions work. Because if you work, depending on the rules, 20, 25, 30 years, when you retire, you receive 80, 90, 100% of your salary, depending on what kind of pension you're invested in or what, what kind of deal you got. Most of them typically are 80% of your salary. Some are like 70% or whatever as, as you're retired. Now, Illinois has a major problem. They are in so much debt that literally their, their state representative is requesting $41.6 billion bailout, bailout. And by the way, they're probably going to get it. I think I read today that Congress has passed the, the latest stimulus package, which gives money to the states 
So I'm sure Illinois and all their bad decisions are going to go ahead and get that $41 billion bailout. And no one seems to be asking the question, how in the world are these people making these salaries? How are they getting away with it? You, you, the, it's government gets mad at people like Jeff Bezos, who built a, an empire that helps millions of people. It makes it, he makes it easier for millions of people to shop, to get their goods and services, all of those things. He's built a massive conglomerate of logistics and warehousing and products and services for you to be able to get them cheaper and free shipping as long as you pay for the Amazon Prime every year. <laughs> so two-day shipping. He's revolutionized so many things. The Amazon technological space with their cloud services and all of those things, literally revolutionizing the industry and he gets, you know, he gets blasted for providing value to everyone because he, he's worth billions of dollars. And here you have junior college presidents making half a million dollars a year. I mean, where does the madness stop? I mean, you have these village, the very small town people, there's small town managers. They're raking in between 250 to $300,000 a year on salary. And then on pension, you know, it's, it's absolutely troubling and disgusting that the government gets away with this. They take your taxpayers, they take your tax money, and then they just give it to their friends. It's like, hey, come work for the government. I think Illinois, I might be wrong on this. Somebody might have to correct me, but I'm pretty sure Illinois does have the uh, most employees by state. So more people uh, work for this, for the state or so more people work for the government inside of Illinois, I think than any other place. Um, I could be wrong on that. I, I know there's, I know more people work for the federal government in like Maryland and Virginia, but I'm talking about just for government, whether that be city, uh, school district, uh, the state, anything like that, any type of government, the parks. I mean, there was a things in here about park districts and all kinds of stuff. You guys go check this out on this Forbes article. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. It's, it's, there's a lot of information in here, but the, the most important part to remember is government doesn't care about you. They never have, and they never will. They only care about lining their own pockets. And this is just for further proof that these public employees make a killing while you suffer and they're going to get a bailout from the government. So their bad decisions and their pension plans and all these things that they promise people will never go punished. We left Illinois a long time ago because it's a joke. Part of me is thinking maybe I should work for Illinois. I don't know. I wonder if they'll take a contract with my company. I bet I could squeeze out about 50 million from them. I bet. Anyway, if that doesn't get you fired up, I know something else that will. But first, I want to tell you guys about patreon.com slash Liberty. Now, of course, we're not live today because Nate is not here. And so uh, the live stream and all of that, although it was set up, it's just much easier for me to record a quick podcast for y'all to get it out to all of our listeners. Nate had already made a post that he wasn't feeling well and that we weren't going to do a show. So, um, but we do almost every single day we go live on Patreon for our Patreon supporters. You get a, a pre-show, you get a post-show, you get to interact with us and it's hilarious. The group is absolutely amazing. We learn a lot together. We have a lot of fun. So if you guys want to be a part of that, that you can, you can help support the show with your dollars. Uh, subscribing and sharing definitely helps, but with your dollars to help keep this free thing going for everyone, you can be a part of that for as little as just five bucks a month. And that'll get, that'll unlock the episode live for you. So if you want to be a part of that, go to patreon.com slash good morning, Liberty. That's patreon.com slash good morning, Liberty. Now I'm sure a lot of you saw this over the weekend. I'm going to read you an article from vice in which, you know, is heavy left leaning. And, and this alludes to my earlier point about having an actual base set of principles that you align your ideological thinking with. You have to approach issues as they are and not play team politics. And you have to take issues as they come. And what I mentioned earlier in this, you know, argument with my brother and things like that, that I get my news from all over the place. I read vice and Vox, um, for the left. I watch MSNBC and NBC and ABC and CNN and Fox news, all different directions. I get libertarian stuff. There's, um, you know, there's great neutral, well, not great neutral, almost no sites are neutral, but you have to be able to understand the arguments from both sides. 
And conservatives need to understand arguments from liberals and liberals need to understand our arguments from conservatives and libertarians need to understand all of them. Whatever you believe, you have to be able to understand all the arguments and then come to your own conclusion. You can't just say, well, no cops are bad because I'm a conservative and thin blue line and my dad's a cop. So all the cops are good and all that. No, no, no. You have to take the issues where they're at, how they come about. And then from there, you have to decide how did this happen? You know, I was talking to some other people this last weekend. And, and again, I was, I was contrasting government mandates with tyranny. And I told some people, I was like, you just, you honestly need to pick up a history book because it's not enough. It's not enough to just say, oh, exterminating 6 million Jews was bad. Like, oh, that's terrible. We should never do that again. That's not enough. You don't understand history if that's what you think. Now, is it wrong to exterminate 6 million Jews? 100%. 100% wrong. It's one of the most wrong things you can do. Again, here at Good Morning Liberty, we are against death, always. <coughs> and so it is wrong to exterminate 6 million Jews. It is. Okay. But the question you have to ask is like, how did we get there? How did humans get to that place where they think it's okay to put 6 million Jews in gas chambers and murder them in mass graves? How did you get to that place? Do you think Hitler rose up an army and overthrew the German government and took over and then just started killing Jews? No, that's not how it works. Peak, uh, folks. That's not how it works. What you do is you set up the power structure so that over time you can overtake that power structure and all the powers in your favor so that when you do start, start to implement these terrible plans, the people don't have a choice to go against you. This is exactly what happened in Venezuela, by the way, you know, back when Castro started, he was for the people. He was a man of the people. The oil companies made too much money and you know, we needed to give free healthcare and we needed to do all these things for the people. We needed to take all the wealth from all those people. Those just rich, greedy folks, man, can't stand them. We need to take all their money, give it and, and redistribute, give it to everybody. So what did Venezuela do? Well, they started implementing this policy and they started implementing this policy. And just a little bit at a time, these little policies we're going to, you know, force more taxation and we're going to do this and we're going to do free healthcare and we're going to give all these benefits. Everyone's going to be happy, all of that. Then they'll vote in the guy who says that he'll give you more, you know, the old Castro, the man of the people, he'll give you more. He'll be the one that'll save the day. Of course, we can't live without him. So they'll vote that guy in. And then over time, he'll continue to build up the power structure. And then what happens? Well, guy. Castro dies and then Maduro comes in and he knows the playbook. He's like, I am the next man of the people. I will do everything for you. Don't you worry about anything. There's plenty of oil, plenty of money, pay no attention to Castro's daughter. Who's worth 2.4 billion somehow that she received from that. Don't never mind that. Don't pay attention to all these government payouts. Don't pay attention to their salaries. Don't pay attention to their pensions. Don't pay attention to any of it. I am here for you. I'm going to save you. Vote for me. And what happens? Maduro gets an office. And then what happens? Well, tyranny resides. You can't set up the structure for tyranny to take hold and then expect tyranny not to take hold. Because, you know, you saw this on The View. I can't remember her name. The girl that's from Venezuela who's on that show. Again, I watch news from everywhere. I can't remember her name, but you saw this on the view where she was like, oh, well, Venezuela is not in a bad place because of socialism. It's because Maduro's a tyrant. Yes. Yes. Maduro is a tyrant, but how did he get there? How did he get there? You think the people willingly voted in a tyrant? <coughs> you think the people willingly decided that yes, we want to starve in the streets. We want to go on the Venezuelan diet. We want to cause hyperinflation. We want to do all of this. We want Maduro to eat like a king while we all suffer. You think that's what the people voted on? No, they voted on the guy that said that he was going to save them. But when push comes to shove, government doesn't care about you. You set up the power structure. Tyranny will take hold of that power. And that's why we argue what we argue. Now, 
This next story that'll piss you off if you're not pissed off yet. Man, I'm so pissed off I don't even know where to begin. Police. This coming from Vice. Police shot and killed a 26-year-old EMT in her apartment while looking for someone else entirely. Brianna Taylor's mom knew something was wrong when she got a call after midnight on March 13th from Taylor's boyfriend. He said they believed their home was being broken into. I think they shot Brianna, her boyfriend told Taylor's mom over the phone. Taylor, a 26-year-old EMT, was killed in her Kentucky apartment by cops who were executing a search warrant as part of a narcotics investigation. Now, of course, libertarians are crazy because they want to get rid of the drug war. No, no, we're not, actually. We want to get rid of the drug war so we can stop innocent people from dying. Reading on, the police say Taylor's boyfriend shot a cop, and they responded with a volley of bullets, at least eight of which struck Taylor. Now, we'll get to it. Hang on. But Taylor, who had no criminal record, wasn't the subject of the investigation, and the police found no drugs in her home. <clears throat> Imagine that. Over the last two months, Taylor's death has sparked national outrage in a lawsuit from Taylor's family. Now, the mayor of Louisville, Kentucky, is launching an investigation into her death. But lawyers representing Taylor's family have argued that the tragedy hasn't gotten the attention it otherwise would have because of the coronavirus pandemic. Brianna's name should be known by everybody in America who said those other names because she was in her own room, her own home, doing absolutely nothing wrong, said Crump, who is representing uh, Ahmaud Arbery's family, told the Washington Post. The police department, which has said it's conducting an investigation, of course, oh, we're, in, we're investigating ourselves. Don't worry. We're going to come to the right conclusion. I'm going to send my officers out there. We're going to investigate the scene and, and I'm, justice is going to be served. Okay. Don't you fear us. We are good at investigating ourselves. If there's ever been anyone as good at investigating anything, especially the crimes that we commit, it's us. So if there's nothing like sending the murderers out to investigate themselves. Okay. Here's what we know about the case so far, how the cops wound up at Taylor's apartment. In their lawsuit, the attorneys say the police executed two search warrants early in the morning on the day that Taylor was killed. They were looking for a suspect, Jamarcus Glover, when they executed the warrant on Taylor's home. The lawyers representing Taylor's family say that the police had already located Glover, who's now facing drug and gun charges when they enter Taylor's home shortly after midnight. <coughs> after midnight. They already had the guy that they were looking for in custody. Okay. But they entered Taylor's home shortly after midnight. Here's the key part right here. This is what pisses me off more than anything. And if, if I hear one more conservative say something about the drug war and how it's necessary and you shouldn't smoke pot and do heroin and it's Wade's bad for you, MK. Yes, drugs are bad. You shouldn't do them. You shouldn't do heroin. You shouldn't smoke weed. You shouldn't get drunk every single day. Drugs are bad. Everything in excess is completely terrible for you. You know what? You eat too much sugar. You're going to get diabetes. Okay. It's just the way it works. So don't do things that don't, don't do things that don't allow you to pursue a life of meaning. Okay. So being on drugs doesn't give you a life that allows you to pursue any meaning. And so, but if that's the case though, should we make it illegal? No. Who has a right to tell you what you can and cannot do with your body? Do you own yourself or not? <coughs> Here's where this story gets messed up. And this is why the drug war is one of the most failed government endeavors. One of the most that we have. There's lots of them, but this one's absolutely terrible where innocent people die. The cops had a no knock warrant and entered Taylor's residence without announcing themselves. According to the lawsuit. Taylor and her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, were in the bed and thought their apartment was getting broken into. Now ask yourself, somebody's entering my apartment. It's midnight. We're in bed trying to sleep. We hear some people banging on the door. They bust through the door. What the hell are you thinking? You think, you think without, without announcing themselves, by the way, too, even if they did announce themselves, who gives a shit? Are you seriously going to be like, oh, well, it's the cops, of course. You know, they're, they're the only people who would bust down my door at midnight. So we'll make sure I don't, you know, defend myself at all. 
let them come in and investigate because they're just doing their jobs. They're just doing their jobs, looking for criminals, keeping us safe, roaming the streets. You know, we, we want to make sure that they're all doing their jobs. <clears throat> like what the hell would you do in this situation? Somebody comes in unannounced, bust down your door at midnight. What are you doing? The cops had a no knock warrant. They entered Taylor's residence without announcing themselves. Taylor and a boyfriend were in bed and thought their apartment was being broken into Walker. The boyfriend fired a shot that struck an officer. According to his lawyer, the police responded by firing more than 20 rounds. Some of the bullets passed through the walls into an apartment next door, home to a five-year-old child and a pregnant mother. So is a police, is there, are they all about protecting people? Like what is the actual end goal here? What, what is it? Is it to serve and protect or to profit and not care where the bullets fly. And this all happened. This whole situation happened because of the drug war and because of things like no knock warrants and, and the government is so keen on trying to catch you doing something wrong. They're so enamored by it. It's like their lifelong pursuit. <laughs> You know, yeah, the state is the same, like tyrants going to tyrant or statists are going to state like those with power will use their power. If cops get bored, they'll find ways to not be bored. <clears throat> they'll pass more laws, more regulations, more things you have to comply with. They'll, they'll implement things that are unconstitutional, like a no knock warrant. You know, you have the right to be secure in your person's papers and effects. We went over the fourth amendment last week. This no-knock warrant is one of the most deadly things that the government does against you. So much so that they'll they'll fire off 20 rounds into apartments all over the place. And it doesn't matter if there's a five-year-old child and a pregnant mother over there. Like, oops, sorry. You know, we were, we, <laughs> we're sorry. Government's always sorry. It was an accident. You know, we were, you know, we were just walking around and we were like, hey, you know, we're looking for this guy doing drugs and stuff, you know, but oh, oh, Johnny found him. Well, that's fine. We're already here. We might as well just go ahead and bust down the door. You know, we got nothing better to do. You know, we're just going to come on up here and bust down the door. And, you know, uh, we, we already found the guy, but that doesn't matter because we just want to, we want to come in here and do things. We're just, you know, we're just officers. We're just being officers. We're here to protect you. Don't worry. Don't worry, citizens. We are here to keep you safe. And uh, we're just going to go ahead and bust down this door. And, you know, hopefully the people that are home will realize that even though we didn't say we were, that we're cops and we're not trying to break in and get anything. Uh, we just want to come in and make sure that you're not the person we already got. Like we already got him and then he's, he's being booked already, but we just want to make sure you're still not him. And so we're going to, we're going to execute a no knock warrant and we're going to come in and don't shoot at us because if you do, we're here to protect you. And so if you do shoot at us because you think we're intruders, we're going to fire off all the bullets we have. And so please don't do that. <coughs> they have no regard for anything else, in, but their agenda. Now, look, I want to say there are many good police officers. Okay. This is, this is a fault of the system. Okay. Most of these guys were probably just executing an order of, bad information, bad intelligence, lack of communication, which is why I argue that not, I mean, there should obviously be consequences, but if you get rid of the damn drug war to begin with, this kind of stuff wouldn't happen. I don't understand what is so hard to comprehend about that. If you get rid of the drug war, this kind of stuff doesn't happen. It gets better though. <laughs> Wait for this Walker is now facing charges of first degree assault and attempted murder of a police officer. He's not facing any drug charges though. The cops were uh, conducting a narcotics investigation. <coughs> so not only is his girlfriend dead, she had no criminal record. Nothing had ever happened. She was an EMT. She was out on the front lines fighting this coronavirus pandemic, uh, running an ambulance as an EMT. She's a medical professional. She's 26 year old, 26 years old. Wasn't even the person they were looking for. Neither was her boyfriend. They come in 
because he thinks that they're being robbed, he acts in self-defense and shoots. He doesn't know it's an officer. And like, how in the world can you be charged with attempted murder of a police officer if you don't even know it's a freaking officer? How are you supposed to know when you take a look? In the dark, it's midnight, no announcement, no nothing, just a here's a surprise. And it's like, oh, before I shoot you, let me make sure you're not a cop. Can I see your badge? Do you have a badge on you? Like, are you going to have that conversation? It's utterly ridiculous. I hope, I hope their lawyers smoke this department. I mean, I hope they take them for everything they have. I hope the city, I hope the state, I hope, I hope they get money from everyone and just absolutely destroy these fools. This makes me so angry. Brianna had committed no crime, posed no immediate threat to the safety of the defendants, and did not actively resist or attempt to evade arrest prior to being repeatedly shot and killed by the defendants. Taylor was a medical worker without a criminal record. Taylor was a certified EMT who worked at two hospitals in the Louisville area, according to Louisville, uh, the Louisville Courier, Courier Journal. Her death has left her family wanting for answers. This is just a sad story. It's a sad story, and it's just absolutely unnecessary. Something that doesn't have to happen. And again, I'll reiterate, there are good cops out there. There are people out there trying to do the right thing. What's wrong with this situation, as I mentioned, is a drug war to begin with. Like, is doing drugs bad? Yeah. Okay. Okay. It is. You shouldn't do drugs. But because we have this war on drugs with narcotics task force and all of these things, you innocent people die. Innocent people die from these no-knock raids. This is not the first story of this happening, by the way. You know, I read a story a couple of months ago. This like 76-year-old man. Same thing. No-knock raid. Wrong address. Wasn't the guy they were looking for. He was trying to protect his family. They killed him. You know? This kind of stuff happens way more often than you think. And I don't care what anyone says. I don't care if they catch a million drug dealers and they only killed one person. I would much rather that one person survive and not die through no fault of their own than catch a million drug dealers because people, the black market and drugs exist for a reason. We started this drug war almost 50 years ago. It's been 40 something years now. I believe we've spent God knows how many trillions and as drug use gone down, does anybody, does anybody know the numbers on that? Has drug use actually gone down? I don't think it has. People are going to do drugs if they want to do drugs, making them illegal, doing no knock raids, killing, killing innocent humans will not stop them. So stop. I, I get, I don't have Nate here to call me down to say something right here to be like, you know, it's going to be all right. And, and I fear, I don't really fear. I just, some, these types of things are what make me believe in what I believe in so much because every human being deserves a chance. They just deserve a chance to be free and to pursue a life of meaning. And only God knows what would happen if we allow people to do that. Like what could people create? How many more Elon Musk's or Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos of the world? If they just had the freedom to be who they are, the freedom to create, the freedom to associate, the freedom to exchange, the freedom to climb the ladder, the freedom to do all those things. What kind of world would we have if people were just free? If people were free to build their hopes and their dreams, what kind of world could we live in? And that's just something I want you to think about today as you think about the government paying themselves an absorbent amount of money. Uh, a state running almost junk bond status, uh, their pension plans insolvent, and then an EMT, a young lady, 26 years old, never had a criminal record, minding her own business, asleep in her bed, gets murdered by police officers, doing a no-knock drug raid on the wrong house for the wrong person, and they kill an innocent person. And guess what? I know the government's sorry, but those are the things you can't take back. Once that, once her life is gone, you can't say, I'm sorry, we have the wrong house. I didn't mean to. She's gone. She's dead. She's not coming back. 
Brianna is gone. And who's responsible? Sure, I mean, yeah, the guys who pulled the trigger in a way. But ultimately, it's the policies of your government that lead to this. It's the representatives, the people passing these things, it's unintended consequences, the good intentions. God, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And terrible tragedies like this happen. And that's why we believe what we believe here. I know that this ended in a very <laughs> somber, terrible note. But sometimes you need that. You need your emotional heartstrings tugged to be reminded of why you so passionately believe in liberty, why you support liberty with such fervor. You know, the, why you believe in it above all else. Because governments are not here for you. These policies, no matter how well intended they are, they result in terrible things like this happening. And who suffers? Think the representatives suffer? Think those that are passing laws suffer? Do you think these police officers are going to suffer for the most part? Have they suffered in the past? Maybe this will be the time where, you know, the officers actually get in trouble because most of the time that doesn't happen. Who suffers? It's Brianna's family in this case. She's dead. She's gone. There's no amount of sorry that's ever going to bring her back. And so as you, as you share the show with your friends and let them know why you believe what, why you believe, you know, do it for Brianna, do it for her family, do it for all the innocent people in our criminal criminal justice system that have been locked up for smoking a plant, <laughs> you know, or all the nonviolent offenders do it for the people where the government screws you over. You know, do it for the, for the people the government killed and they said they were sorry. You know, we have the power as the people to change these things. You know, if we take responsibility for it, if we say it's my fault, Brianna died because I didn't do enough. I didn't do enough to make Liberty everyone's modus operandi. I didn't do enough. We take responsibility for ourselves, for our lives, for our families, for our communities. And we push forward in a life full of meaning and freedom. Then we can avoid these types of things from happening. So, well, guys, I said a short show. That's all the time I got for today. I do have to go pick up my son. So I do. I mean, I apologize for ending on a sour note there, but I just, you know, sometimes you have to feel those emotions. And a lot of times Nate and I, as I read in the review, you know, a lot of people think we're funny. Um, and, and that's very humbling. We do. We have a great time. We like, we love to laugh. Um, but sometimes life isn't always about laughing. There's terrible things like this that happen. And, and it reminds you of what you, why you do what you do every single day. It reminds me like, this is why I advocate for what I advocate for, because I care about people like Brianna. I care about innocent people being murdered by their government and that this didn't have to happen. This could have been avoided if we adopted the principles of Liberty, this could have been avoided. And so share the show with a friend, tell someone you love, tell someone you hate, <laughs> tell someone, uh, maybe your communist uncle needs to hear this message. Remember the power of the state and tyranny, all those things, these types of things that happen, uh, only happen because your government is allowed to set up the power structure for tyrants to take over. And so you guys, we, we have to share the show. we got to build the grassroots movement. Oh, I did want to mention, I forgot that Justin Amash has, has dropped out of the libertarian, uh, of seeking the libertarian nomination for president. Very sad day. Like a guy, I was really looking forward to getting the nomination and perhaps voting for. Um, I agree with him on almost everything. He's a very, Liberty minded individual. Uh, he is the first libertarian in Congress, uh, although he did get elected as a Republican and switch parties. So that's pretty cool. But, uh, you know, unfortunately some libertarian news there, he did drop out. So, you know, uh, who do you vote for now? 
Um, you always have the option of writing somebody in. So Nate, Nate might disagree with me on that. I think we've had that discussion a few times, but I have to vote my conscience. Like I, I could write, I could write Justin Amash in, could do Rand Paul or Ron Paul, somebody that I believe in, somebody I believe in with principles. I could do those types of things. But uh, yeah, sad day. Justin Amash drops out of the libertarian of seeking the libertarian nomination after doing a couple debates and things like that. So I don't know. Maybe we'll see him back in 2024. It's still going to be an unbelievable election. It's uh, there's I found some Joe, some more Joe Biden gaffes. This man is just senile. I mean, he's he's like, I don't see how he wins. He, He can't even hardly make coherent sentences. And I feel bad for the guy, kind of. It's like he's just getting old. And I, th- I think the Democrats did a poor job nominating him. Like he might be somebody that absolutely loses his mind in office if he gets elected. So it's going to be a very interesting time to watch the president, to watch the reality of America's choice for president 2020. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to be there with my popcorn. We, of course, will be giving all of you the updates over the Good Morning Liberty Podcast, uh, on the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. So as I mentioned, y'all, the contest, leave us a rating and review. I'm going to give you, be giving you guys the code word sometime this week. So you got to listen to the episodes to get that code word. And so uh, so you guys can sign up and win $500, 500 bones. And that gives you a lifetime uh, subscription. Lifetime. It's free. So this is a almost a $70 value. Uh, per month for free. So if you guys um, want to sign up for that contest, you can do so at goodmorningliberty.us slash stimulus, goodmorningliberty.us, not.com, it's .us slash uh, stimulus. And there you can sign up for the contest. And over this week, I'm going to be giving you the secret code that you need to enter to be able to enter that contest. And so you guys do that. Also, um, like I said, share the show with a friend. Leave us a rating and review if you want five bonus entries. Um, we're almost out of bonus entries, by the way. There's only a few left. So if you want to get those bonus entries, please go sign up. Uh, also, um, patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty if you want to be a part of our live show uh, that we do almost every single day of the week. Uh, that starts for as little as five bucks a month. So go be a part of that. Patreon.com slash good morning Liberty. And then as I mentioned, the, the trading Academy where we, we can teach you everything you need to know about trading and how to start the very basics, candlesticks and charting and ordering platforms and brokerages and all of that good stuff, the psychology of being a trader and, and the terms and everything you need to know, everything you need to start. We have a very basic beginner class, um, and we just switched over to a new platform and it looks incredible. So you guys check that out, mastermytrades.com, please, and be a part of that. So if you guys do all of that, then we, hopefully, Nate will be back after being sick. Everyone wish him well. Uh, but if not, then I'll be back here tomorrow. We'll do this all over again. I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.